Welcome to the Own Every Moment Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Hamlin, and here we will focus on the health of our mind, body, and spirit. We welcome entrepreneurs, thought provokers, spiritual thinkers, rabble-rousers, and leaders from all walks of life, bringing awareness to everything humans do. Get ready for the show. Hello, welcome. Uh, We're very honored today to have Dr. Erin Fall Haskell with us. Dr. Erin is a doctor of divinity. She's the founder of and host of the Good Morning La La Land show. She's a new thought minister and a best-selling author. She's an international speaker and in 2016 she won a Global Peace Award. And in 2020 she was honored with a New Thought Walden Award for New Wisdom. She has trained and inspired countless people, thousands of people, to find their purpose and fulfill their potential. And we're super honored that she's taken the time today to give us some time and and, uh, welcome to the podcast. Peter, it's really nice to feel your presence. And I just feel like you have this real pure, intentional heart. And I just, um, just honored to be here with you today, for sure. Thank you. Well, we'll just jump right in with some questions. Um, First, I'd just like to ask, what led you to become a Dr. Divinity? What led you to launch this spiritual-based movement in this business that, that you're operating in now? What, what, what led to this? You know, I was just teaching on this today about um, not, not ever, like, getting attached to wherever, wherever the destination is. I never even knew what a Dr. Divinity was. I never would ever even dream in a million years that I would be a spiritual teacher. In fact, I would probably say I was the opposite as a little girl. I was very much of a kind of free floating butterfly with just wanting to be expressed. And what happened was I had a stillborn son at the age of 22, a full term stillborn son, which led me on a real big commitment to just heal thyself and figure out what the F we were doing on this planet. And, um, you know, I was raised in like a hippie commune in the hills of Santa Barbara, very kind of dysfunctional. My mom was like best friends with Joe Cocker. So we were like totally broke going to thrift store, but then hanging out with like Jane Fonda and, and, and Joe Cocker. There was like cocaine lines going across my coffee table. I was like, what is going on? I was so confused, you know? (laughs) So when I began to seek truth and um, found kind of the truth of of the universe and figuring out that there's actual order to this entire thing and there's truths that help you, you know, be able to have a lot more joy in this life. um, Then I found out I could, there was this thing called becoming a doctor of divinity. And I was like, I don't know how or what, but sign me up because it just sounded so good. And I was doing all the work anyway. So after 25 years of seeking truth, I became a doctor of divinity. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, I, I, you know, in my 25 years of seeking the truth and trying to figure out what the F we're doing here, um, I've, I've followed so many spiritual thinkers and leaders and read so many books and traveled and, and I, I think one of the things that caught my attention from, from you is, is, is your intention and your mission to awaken 1 billion people. I never heard anyone say, I want, I want to wake people up. I want to, I, and so I just, I was wondering if you could just talk about first your plan to do that sure. <laughs> and, um, and then when it happens, what will it look like? What, what would that look like on earth when that happens? Sure. So uh, I think I took way too many leadership courses, what happened. 
And it was like, you know, think really big because anything's possible in this universe. And I was like, well, I'll just break it a billion people. Why not? You know? Um, and uh, I love that Jay Shetty now has that same mission. And I'm like, Jay, I came up with that first. So, you know, yeah. you can't be stealing my bag. Okay. Um, no, honestly, what just happened was I remember being in a really deep meditation. One time I used to go into these meditations in my closet and I felt the presence of both my grandmothers coming in and they had so much pain and suffering in them, you know, and it was like, they were rooting me on like, please live your life fully, you know, cause we didn't. And so for me, I realized in that moment that if there was one thing I could do would be to help people in their suffering. And so for me, it's like one and the same. It's like, what, what would you want for your child? What would you want for your best friend? What would you want for your parent? You'd want them to just live their life however they want to live it. So for me, it's awakening a billion people actually is not a ridiculous thought whatsoever because we train and develop spiritual entrepreneurs, spiritual, we certify spiritual coaches. We actually link up with Emerson Theological and we do law of attraction ministers and we'll be launching our doctor of divinity. And so actually it's not unlikely at all in that the butterfly effect of what happens with those people. And so we're all doing the work now and I'm sure you and so many people are listening can look back even 10 years ago and how, you know, the conversation of the universe, the conversation of all these things was there, but it's becoming more mainstream. And so I know already that it's already uh, destiny to awaken a billion people on the planet because it's not just me, it's tapping into the one mind and so many great teachers are doing it together. But I know even us will we'll touch for sure a billion people, no question by the end of my life in this body no question with the work we're doing. Yeah. So just maybe a little bit about like, okay, so 1 billion people wake up to the truth of that. We are one that, that we are this, that we are inner. Um, what, what, what is, what could you see happening? What, what could this? Yeah. I remember going into this deep, uh, uh, process around the beginning of time. And like, I think about when I go into consciousness and I really begin to meditate and vision on what does it look like if we, if I was able to design this world the way I want to design this world and how I see it is that we all link up with like-minded communities and we're working for the highest good. So imagine that instead of you owning your piece of real estate and me owning my piece of real estate, we own it together. And we're able to now collaborate on, you know, all of our, you know, ability to put on electricity and ability to do everything. So what it looks like for me is to build tribes and like-minded communities across the globe working for the highest good. So it's not about somebody getting an invention and having a company that has a net worth of whatever for just that person or for those exact shareholders. But it's like, how can we use science? How can we use even religion? How can we use philosophy? How can we use technology? How can we use school systems to better and have us all rise up together? So what it looks like for me for a billion people on the planet to be, uh, you know, wake up is that it's a natural thing when we want to work for the highest good. So the old systems are crumbling as we can see right now. I think it's a way out of this lifetime where we're going to see it really a huge, like, shifted. We're going to have more and more hell and more and more heaven. We're in a relative universe. So I think it's going to be, you know, you can look right now and find all kinds of hell on earth, but you can also look and see so much heaven. So I think that what's going to happen is people are going to begin to work together uh, in, in our oneness instead of working in our div- division and our separateness. Yes. That's a beautiful vision. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah, on that kind of, on that kind of, uh, on that kind of thought, um, you know, I read somewhere recently with one family in, in the United States of America, the Walton family now owns more money and resources than the lower 45% of the population. Mm-hmm. So, um, on that, I, I've been listening to your podcast and, and your, your new series on, on money breakthrough, which is very inspiring and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and is lighting me up. And I was wondering if you could talk about that intersect, the intersection of being a spiritual being, wanting to wake up and, and at the same time wanting to earn money and, and spend money and, and have mm-hmm. things and live in this kind of, um, you know, as the Buddhists call it, as, as a householder, you know, to live amongst mm-hmm. this. So, yeah, so the intersection there. Um, I'd, I'd be yeah, interested. I think it's because we all have those incredible spiritually woke people that are broke, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and then we have those people that are like really wealthy and they're kind of creeps, you know what I mean? But And there's lots of in-between and, and uh, vice versa. But I think the point is, is that we are divine spiritual beings. And actually, it, it's just a, a natural law, an axiom, if you will, that if we misuse our energy, we'll implode on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you'll see it with addiction, where if you misuse your energy, you actually begin to take your powers away. And so the same thing will happen with even say the money system, which we're seeing right now, which so what's happening is Bitcoin and all kinds of things that are more quote, quote, integral will come about. Whereas money is, you know, kind of um, manipulated by X amount of families and things like that. So the point is, is that we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to make things wrong and try and fix or change those systems. What I'd recommend for people is to begin to know the truth of who you are, which is your divine infinite innovator and that you have all the abundance within you. So there's always a way, meaning that there's, there's a will, there's a way, which is divine will. And if we use that, that will that's of the highest, we're able to create anything. Maybe it's a new monetary system. Maybe it is a new way of exchanging. Maybe it's receiving, you know, different ways other than just the, the thing called the dollar bill. So the point is that you can look at prosperity and you can go, oh my gosh, they have so much money and I don't have money, but that's a lie. Every single person has the exact same amount of ability to innovate. Mm. And so when we focus on that, what we do have and how we can create instead of what we don't have and how we can't create, then we're limited only by the limitation of the mind, Mm. obviously, you know? Yes. Yes. So it's really about doing your own inner work, breaking through your limited beliefs of what's possible, beginning to only put the source of abundance, the source, and you created all the gold and all the material things on this planet. Money is, it's illusion. It is, it's fake. It is, it's an agreed upon um, source of exchange of energy. And that's all it is. And there's many other ways of exchanging energy beyond the dollar bill. Yes. Yes. So that, so that, that, um, that intersection there um, where, okay, so we have this money. We all have the right to, 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 to get this abundance, to have this abundance. And um, there's so many people that don't have it and so many people, you know, in this world, in the news and, you know, and, and whatnot. But how, what, what is our responsibility as spiritual beings uh, or, or, or around money, like when, once we do have it? Well, I hope that as a culture, we change our viewpoint of what is 
success and what is wealth and what is whatever. Um, for me, I used to, you know, I, I've lived very, I, I came from nothing. We, we literally went from, to the thrift store as a little, as, when I was a little girl. Um, it was very special to even get ice cream. It was whatever. And I've also lived a life where I've had, um, you know, a lot of money, had a huge home, you know, was on jets. And, and the thing that we find and know the truth of through Harvard studies is that money does not equate happiness. In fact, about $70,000 and above, yes, it matters if you can put food on the table and have health care or not. But beyond that, it does not equate to happiness and fulfillment. So what does? And I, I invite each and every one of the listeners to think about what is your definition of rich mean? And for me, my definition is to live life fully. So yes, to have the support system and the technology and um, a beautiful you know, residence and, and close to have me be able to be feeling like I can be fully expressed. You know what I mean? What does that support? And so for me, the definition of of success for me and wealth is to be fully expressed because really we're here in a masterclass is what we're here. And so it's all about, are you trying to get stuff from this world and trying to hoard money and trying to hoard material things? Because the truth is that you're not going to be really happy in that we know it for a fact. And really what actually fulfills people is to give and generate and create and express. So when we shift from that, we shift the concept of can I get wealth to how can I give service? How can I give of my talents? How can I give of my heart? How can I give of value? And we realize that universal law teaches that as we, whatever we give, we receive. So if we give, if we want money, we have to give value. So it means asking yourself, who do I need to be in the mental equivalent to be somebody that has abundance? I need to be somebody that's able to give a value, whether it become an expert in something or helping somebody, you know, uh, bring order to their life or bring technology or bring education or bring breakthrough, whatever it is. So it's really not about asking, how can I get it? It's asking, how can I give it? Mm, yes. 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 That's a, that's a perfect segue into, uh, my next question or what I've been thinking about through your work and, and doing some research is, um, is, is a spiritual entrepreneur. I love that term, a spiritual entrepreneur. And I, I wonder if you could talk about what does a spiritual entrepreneur do and uh, how do you and, you and your company go about training them and helping spiritual mm-hmm. op- spiritual entrepreneurs? It's kind of like an oxymoron, right? Yeah, a spiritual yeah, entrepreneur, like, right? Like, yeah, but, but I, really, I, I love yeah. that yeah, anyways. Yeah. By the way, just thank you so much for having me. And I just love your background and your whole vibe. And like, it's just really cool. Conscious conversations are the best thing ever. Yes, um, yes, I agree. You know, for me, so first of all, we have to define spiritual. So for me, if you look up spirituality, it's the reality that everything comes from spirit, from source, from the first cause. And it really is our connection of our divinity and our union and our our oneness. That's all spirituality is. So what does it mean to be a spiritual entrepreneur? Well, we recognize that entrepreneur is somebody who, you know, basically develops and and produces, you know, something that is a a service of commerce um, or of an asset to the world. So as a spiritual entrepreneur, it's just basically someone who's bringing, that's developing something that is for the highest good, whether that be being a spiritual coach and helping people transform their trauma, or whether that be a service or a product that is hopefully helping people come to the truth. That's all it is. Um, and that's what we would define as a spiritual entrepreneur, someone who's helping people awaken to the truth, whether it be through a service or a product or coaching. Mm. So mm-hmm. how do you go about 
helping these folks? Sure. We do it through two ways, which is through mindset and skill set. So the mindset, we basically help them uh, transform their trauma, reprogram their subconscious mind and take them through what's called E4 trauma method and through what we call the truth triangle, which is a 12 step program for helping them birth their purpose and helping them, you know, restore the truth of who they are, restore the power, restore, um, getting, you know, their core values in place, understanding how to accept people places in life as it is being able to put their, their boundaries up, being able to how, how to deal with upsets, being able to relate and have good communication through other people, being able to birth their life purpose statement and leave their legacy. So that's all the inner work. Um, and then the skill set work is we take them through uh, the like most proven, most trusted system of marketing and sales, which is a six-step process of being able to position yourself as an expert in the industry, being able to give value so people can experience your work, and then being able to take them into a program or a process or a service or product. So it's a whole, it's a very systematic thing. And we do both the mindset, the skill set based in metaphysics, based in universal law, based in reprogramming the subconscious mind for the inner work and for the external work. We take uh, the six-step uh funnel system, if you will, that's done by pretty much every single marketing, you know, coach and leader and everything. So six, seven, eight figure coaches use the exact same system. So I didn't reinvent that wheel at all, but what I have invented or innovated through is how to take the metaphysics, the universal law and apply it to processes and methodologies to be able to transform and break through and basically, you know, have the most powerful consciousness you can because business development is spiritual development. There's no difference. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. You work on, you take that one title, spiritual entrepreneur, and you break it into two parts and then you bring them back together. That's Mm -hmm. brilliant. (laughs) It's been Um, interesting. You know, it's, it's, funny because we overcomplicate business mm. and business is like if you think about it so few people actually are able to um you know make a significant amount of money build a team because it's all you have to be able to master stuff you have to be able to deal with personalities yes. you've got to be able to deal with order you know bringing organization to your organization you know it's, it takes very advanced spiritual skills to be able to handle all that Yes. And actually have it be authentic where you're not just trying to get rich because you're, you you feel inadequate. You know what I mean? Like it's no joke to be authentic in business is really an advanced process. Yes. No, I can see that. And I can see, you know, I, I, like you said, you know, a lot of spiritual people that are broke or people that are, have a lot of wisdom that are struggling and, and, uh, and history is, is littered with these stories and, um, it would be interesting to see how a class could help. You know, I have something to share. I have wisdom. I, I have certain, you know, a, a moments that I've come to come to awake to to the truth. Well, what do I? How do I? Yeah. What, now, do I just sit here for the rest of my life and and meditate on it? But you know, a path to say no. You can share this, and you can thrive by doing it. I think that's. Yeah. And it's a misunderstanding. A lot of people will have a lot of guilt around making money. There's been a lot of things like you shouldn't charge for spiritual work. You know, even people that are coming out of like a religious background, like, oh, you know, a camel's more likely to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man and things like that. The reason why is because it's an identity. If I attach to the identity of becoming rich, that that is my source of my identity and my worth, 
then I'm screwed. <laughs> you know, it is doing that and having non-attachment to it. And I think the real flow around it is getting in the flow, is being in currency and um, you know, the current of currency and being able to give and receive and flow in abundance, which is something very different than what we've been taught. We've been taught that we need to get it, hoard it, have it, amass it. And it's really not in the construct of what it what it really means to be rich, which is flowing in the currency. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, so on that point, um, you know, if maybe you could point to, you know, or, or talk about maybe two or three people in your life that impacted you, that, that, you sure. that you've learned from or that you've found growth with. Yeah, that would be great. You know, what's funny is I have had a few mentors, I don't talk about them, but one of my mentors lately through the pandemic and lockdown is Ram Dass. I've been listening to Ram Dass, which I never really consume that much content these days because I just am creating content all the time. But there was a few times through the pandemic where I had a harder time sleeping just because I could feel the collective consciousness and the kind of fear going on. So I'd put on some Ram Dass um, messages. And it was so funny because what I'd find is whatever it was that I was having concern around, he would his whatever the talk, the random talk that I put on by him would automatically be speaking exactly to whatever it was that I was going through. And so I started building like this relationship with Ram Dass because as we know, all relationships are eternal. They're, you know, you don't have to be in a body to have a relationship with somebody. So he's come in as a, a mentor of mine, which has really been fascinating because he has such a great humor. If anyone's listening, it hasn't heard Ram Dass. He's probably one of the most brilliant teachers, speakers ever because he brings in humor and poignant, you know, profound kind of epiphanies around spirituality and um, is just a master. But he's been one lately. Um, I've had I mean, I had a really great mentor who's a metaphysician. He was a nobody. In fact, he never had a public name out there. He never quite fulfilled upon his mission in this lifetime. And I remember I watched him. He had two two weeks when he decided he was going to transition. So we watched and had all of his loved ones come into um, where he was at this like, you know, hospital home. And um, and he he had had a stroke and he could barely talk for really kind of talk like the whole time because he had had a stroke and it kind of messed up his ability to speak. And he would, he would look at me and he'd hold his chin up and his head up and he'd say, I'm going to miss you. And he'd go, I'm going to miss you so much. I'm going to miss you so much. And I would be like, Oh my, it was so heartbreaking. But what happened was this Peter is I realized that he had to say goodbye to himself in this form. And it was the most beautiful and heartbreaking thing to realize that at some point in time, we're going to be on our deathbed. And we all know we don't want to have any regrets on our deathbed. So I realized in that moment, not only was his prayer answered of him wanting to get his work out to the world because he had handed it and helped me in my development, that it was already destiny, that whatever it is that we truly desire is already done in the divine mind. Whatever we truly pray for, not just a man in the sky, but we pray for in our heart of what we truly desire. As soon as that desire is planted in the heart, that potential is born in the universe. And so as I watched him take his last breath, I not only knew the truth of who he was, an immortal spiritual being, but I realized the profound effect he had on one human being 
and the butterfly effect of what one human being can do. So never, ever, ever think about how many followers, how many people you're impacting, how many people are listening to the podcast, how many, whatever, what matters is the echo of eternity from your heart to the potential of the universe. Mm. Wow. (laughs) That's yeah. I think that's that message right there could be so powerful from so many people that probably ask the question, like, how do I, what do I do? How do I do this? Like, I want to be of service. I want to tap into that collective consciousness and provide this, but I'm just this little guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a powerful message. That's a powerful message. Whoever's listening out there, you are the consciousness that's actually creating the entire universe right now. The universe is not created as in past tense. It's being created right now. And your consciousness is actually creating into existence the entire universe right now. That's how powerful you are. Yeah. That's, I mean, my next question here, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I recently reread Eckhart Tolle's New Earth and, you know, and, 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 and went through it again uh, during the pandemic. And, and, and then I listened to a follow-up interview that he was giving with Oprah, actually. And she was asking him, she's like, what happened to that New Earth? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he explained that, well, sometimes we kind of, you know, but, but I guess on that question is, you know, what do you make of right now of the current collective mm-hmm. consciousness in the New Earth? I love it. Yeah, uh, I you know I look at it like we're in a master class, so we're in a master class. It's a relative master class, so there's going to be more heaven and more hell, and there will always be more heaven and more hell. The concept that it's going to get all good and there's going to be a billion people enlightened and therefore there won't be hell is is not in this realm, not in the three D construct that we are viewing right now. So the only way is right now there is a new earth. And right now there is hell also. It depends on what kind of channel you're tuning into in this realm. So there's no destiny. It's all right here and it's all right now. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, I think that, that, that intention or that mission or that goal of waking this billion people up kind of probably starts right there, right? I mean, that's to get people to realize that you're not this, you're not what's happening on that screen, that you're just right here, right now. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like I'm in a, a masterclass and it's always like the next challenge. I think just like Ram Dass, you know, he had a, he had a stroke um, and uh, he was in a wheelchair at the end of his life. And you think the old me, when I was first beginning to do spiritual work, I was like, well, if you do spiritual, like you should get your life should get better and better and better. <laughs> Not necessarily. It is a mastery. So as you get more advanced in your development, you actually will be challenged more in your development. Just like the more income you want, the more problems you're going to have to solve. Yeah. So it's actually um, an honor as a spiritual list to think about the more challenges that you're going to have. That means you're ready, that you're ready for that next level of mastery. And so right now it's going to be a time as prophecy says that, you know, I don't want to say this as the truth, but you think about our consciousness, one third of our consciousness will awaken. One third of our consciousness will die. And one third of our consciousness will go crazy. Meaning one third of the population will go insane. One third of the population will die. And one third of the population will awaken. Okay. That doesn't mean in a factual sense of the actual whole population. That means that we have choice. 
that we have a choice right now. If we don't direct our consciousness, it will, we will literally go insane. That monkey mind comes in. We start having chatter. We can't sleep because we're going through anxiety and all that. We may die because we may want to like take our life if we don't deal with it, or we may actually choose to awaken. So these are kind of the three choices. And so right now I look at like the blessing of the insanity that's happening on this planet and the beauty and miraculous growth in so many different things is our masterclass. And I'm either going to pass this class or not, but if I think the world needs to change out there for me to be able to get into a different state, then it's not going to work out so well. (laughs) No, 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 that's wow. Um, I just had, I had just one more question. Um, and it was, it's interesting because I, it, it was kind of centered around what you were talking about um, with your mentor. The, and, and, you know, so I wanted to kind of paint this picture and see if you could go there with me. It's, it would be, you know, at, at the end of this body's life, you're at the end of this, and you know, it's time to transition and you're on a beautiful beach surrounded by beautiful people um, that you love and love you. And, and so that's a two part question, but one was, what would you say your legacy would be? What would be the thing that they would say, Dr. Aaron, this is what she, it's, and, and the second part would be, um, what would the message that you would leave with the, with, with the people that, that, yeah. that, you, that, that follow you and that you serve? You know, I think that it's interesting that you asked that. It's such a great question. And the old me would have said, oh, it's because she impacted and you know, awakened me and gave me all the tools and all that kind of stuff. But as the more I get developed in myself, the more I just want to love. And it's something that I still work on within myself because, um, I mean, I have a very loving family, but we weren't, it wasn't a very loving family growing up. And so it's taken me a lot of work to become somebody that is open in the heart. That is that, uh, I tend to be my mom, my mom, I love her to death. And we're very close, um, now, but she was very blunt and very brash. And so for me, it's been something I've had to work on because I want to be that because it matters to really connect with human beings. So I would say my greatest wish would be on my deathbed to people to remember me for being so loving. And I think it's something that I still need to be developed in, quite frankly, and something that is, you know, constantly moving from my head to my heart and, um, and finding that, that heart space within relationship for sure. So I don't think that I'm, you know, I think that that would be the only regret I'd have on my deathbed if I didn't fully learn how to love mm. at a deep level. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could just follow that up because I, something that you said before and something that I think is is in today's social media world and everyone trying to jockey for position and, and is that, is that, I thought that's really important, what you brought up around authenticity, being authentic um, and I wonder if you have any advice or any thoughts around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so it's so fascinating because I interviewed 3,600 people on good morning, Lola. And I would say the most commonality, cause we'd ask kind of similar questions. Like how do you start your day? What do you attribute to your success? Things like that. Um, were there any tricks or hacks, you know what I mean? To getting where you're at. And I would say the common denomination of all the people that were successful, Um, the truly authentic, you know, successful people, they said, just being authentic. Mm. That was what got them success. And I think that people can feel that 
when they watch you on whatever, on lives, on videos, on YouTube, whatever, they can tell when you're authentic and when you're not. And the younger generations can smell it like a mile away. Like they know when someone's selling them, they know whenever. And so I would say that that being authentic is, you can't really be authentic until you've done your inner work because you got to really get okay with yourself. You got to become your own best friend. You got to have non-attachment to what's out there in the world. So being authentic, you could attribute that being authentic is the same as being woke. You know what I mean? Like you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great point. Yeah. Well, again, I want to thank you so much for your time. And and I guess um, I'd love to, just if you could share, like, where's the best place to find out where to find you? I found you <laughs> pretty easy. Um, but where, where's the best place where, where, where people could find you sure. or work with you or how do we they work can, with you? Sure. They can find me on all social media as Dr. Aaron. So D R E R I N dot TV. They can also go to the website, soul society, which is S O U L C I E T E or Aaron Um, you can find me wherever we do all kinds of things. We also, we're having a live podcast on Mondays right now where we actually, I actually pull people from the audience and do one-on-one coaching. Um, we have lots of free events online doing a workshop on May 8th. Um, if this has been out or after we do challenges, five day challenges and give a lot of content of spiritual work and business work and stuff like that. So you can find me wherever, but it's Dr. Aaron across all boards. I've got a podcast as well, but I'm curious to know with you, Peter, because I, I'm sure people are tuning in because they love and adore you. What had you want to do this podcast? Well, the, the name of the podcast is own every moment. How do we, and so, so I, I, I was, so I'm, I'm, and I'm at the finishing, I'm at the finish line of a book, um, and uh, so I'm using these interviews also to to uh, give me give me uh, material for the book. And so I wanted to start this podcast because I just wanted to talk to people from all walks of life, all all you know, entrepreneurs and spiritual people. Just how do you like? How do you own every moment? How do you like? So when the I always use this analogy where you you know I love the beach. So you know you're on the beach and it's a beautiful day and 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 the next thing you know, this big wave crashes you down and ruins your day. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like life where you can just kind of be going going on in life and everything's happening. Then a pandemic happens and you lose your business or, you know, you get uh, you get Lyme disease and you're in the hospital for a month. Whatever, you know, so how, so how do you create a life that no matter what happens on the outside world, in the news or in your family, your friends, how do you stay present and how do you see this I, lo- I love what you're saying. How do you see this as just, this is the masterclass. These, this, this is happening for you to learn. So that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, the, um, that's the impetus of this. And so what do you think that is for you? I think for me, it's been really about building foundation. I think it's, by, I think it's been about um, mindset. And I think it's been about my physical health. And I think it's definitely about my, you know, my deepening my, my, my connection to my spirituality and to, to, I'm not sure if the word is intellectualizing, but to really be able to comprehend for so long, I, I knew it, I read it, I listened to it, that, you know, that we are one, you know what I mean? That we are not separate, that we are one. And I, and I, and I think I quoted it and I talked about it, but I didn't really feel it. And during this pandemic, I, something happened and I, and, and I, all of a sudden I, I can't, Oh, that's, that's the oneness that, you know I mean? I can, I can, I'm not this body. I'm not the past. I'm not the future. 
I'm, I'm the witness to this. And that, so anyways, I guess that's, that's for owning every moment for me is like, no matter what happens, just realizing that I'm, I'm part of this collective, that I'm part of this amazing planet with amazing people and this unique experience right now. Um, you know, I, I was listening to a Jim Carrey, uh, mm-hmm. you, you probably run across it. Him. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he had a similar experience where, where all of a sudden he realized it. He came, he woke up and he was like, I had this moment when I was everything. I was all, I was connected to the same thing. And then he said, and ever since then, I've been trying to get back. There. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. It's funny. Cause I think um, we're just talking about this today in one of our group coaching calls. And one of the gals was saying that she was having a really crappy day. And that's when she realized that she was just witnessing it. And, and, and she realized that she really was awake in that moment. And I think for so many, and the same thing happened to me, I had this out of body, big, like enlightenment moment. And that was amazing, but it was really actually when I was having a really down day and I realized I was just witnessing the down day. And I was like, Oh, I'm not these thoughts. I'm not this experience, you know? And that's when I was like, Oh my God, I'm kind of like here, you know, I was like, Oh, this is what it kind of looks like. This is the real deal. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd like to dwell here. Can I just stay yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So yeah. awesome. I'm so happy for you. And I'm, I think so many people are seeking that, especially right now through these challenging times. How do, how do we become unshakable yeah. in the face of whatever happens? And, yeah. you know, the rest is fleeting. Everything's fleeting out there. Yeah. If you don't have your, you know, your source and whether you want to call it living faith, when you call it oneness, what you want to call it whatever, just having yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, it. you know, it's interesting that, you know, um, I think I resonated with that billion people because I, I just woke up one morning and I had this dream and I, and I wrote it down and it was, and I, and I, and it was like one of my, not that, you know, one of the, one of the uh, pieces of content that I put out that got the most kind of like interest and response. And it was just, I said, I am setting a goal right now to help bring on the next age of enlightenment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, and that was, I just, you know, and I wrote this long post about it, but it was just like, that's, I was just like, I just want to help bring on what we're talking about. You know what I mean? So that's another part of this is, is that how, what's my part in this, in this mm-hmm. helping to wake up a billion people so that well, we you're doing it. This yeah. is it. I mean, it just starts, you know, with one conversation at a time, one meditation at a time, one transformation at a time. So you're doing amazing. And I'm so honored to know you and just proud of you for all your work. Yes. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm and uh, yeah, I, I'm just so honored and 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 gra- grateful for your time and and yeah, I think our conversation will hopefully, like you said, you know, someone will hear it and be like, oh, I'm okay. One person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Doctor Heron. <laughs>